A couple of you have literally read my mind on this excellent idea to circle back to properties that I'm seeing on my real estate walks here and see what's going on with them. And for some reason, this one stuck out in my head. And if you guys saw this video that I'm putting up on the screen about one month ago, then you'll remember that this house behind me here is for rent for $25,000 a month. A lot of people in the comments tore this house up in the comments saying, you know, who's gonna rent this house for 25 grand? That's an insane number. Well, it turns out guys, the answer is no one, because it's still available. This house was listed on May 19th for rent for 35,000 a month. And then on June 1st, they lowered it to 25,000. And since then, they still haven't been able to rent it. So almost 60 days on the market. When you guys see this video, I'm publishing it on, um, June 16th, today's June 15th, as of me shooting this. So you guys will see this video the very next day, still available, $25,000 a month, two months on the market. And really this leads me into my very first point that I wanted to make in today's video. Sellers and landlords out there, it's time to start getting real, okay? Because look at this, guys. Obviously not every house out there is for rent for $25,000 a month, but the same lesson can be learned here from any overpriced listing. If your property is sitting on the market for 60 days like this, I don't care if it's for rent or for sale, you're asking too much money, okay? Because I've been doing real estate for 13 years and every single time I had a good deal on the market, it sold within like a week, maybe two weeks tops. And I'm talking in all market conditions. I'm not talking about just, uh, you know, when the market's hot like it has been the last couple of years. I'm saying all the time. If you have a well-priced listing, you're gonna sell it, okay? That's the reality and it's gonna be fast because you're gonna have a lot of people interested when the price is right. And when the price is wrong, well, there's the result. It just sits there and just like the houses we saw in North Bay Village the other day that have been on the market for six months and no one's touching them. Has it been a seller's market for the past two years? Could you get away with murder? Yeah, but guess what? Those days are over now and the writing's on the wall and the listings are on the street, literally all around us here as we can see, so. I'm gonna take pretty much the same path I took last time with the exception I'm walking around this little cove. So um, there's a lot more areas here in Miami and Miami Beach I'm gonna cover for you guys, but I just thought about circling back to this listing today because that's the one that's been on my mind the most for some reason. I thought it'd be a good way to start circling back and checking out some of these properties we've seen in past videos. Now I wanna talk a little bit about some of the hoops that buyers are jumping through to buy their first home or maybe it's not their first home but just in general the things that people are doing in order to get a house now people might not be doing this so much now but this is a great example of why most people just don't really have the financial intelligence to own real estate okay there was this couple in atlanta georgia somewhere in the suburbs in atlanta and they were pre-qualified to buy a house for 350k all right and they found this house for $359,000 and they got into a bidding war. There was 14 buyers in total and they ended up getting the house for $395,000. And I'm just gonna tell you all the things that are wrong with doing this and why people like this are gonna be in the biggest trouble as real estate starts losing its value and the market starts turning. First of all, these people were only pre-qualified for 350 grand, okay? So then they went $50,000 over budget, you can say, especially with closing costs, more than $50,000 over. Well, how were they able to do it, you might ask? Well, they did it a couple of ways. First of all, they had to buy down 
their mortgage rate to 5.875%. So they had to pay like a point on their uh, closing costs in order to buy down that rate to get it below 6%. So that's the first thing that cost them extra. And then because they didn't have the extra down payment or the extra money to come up with in order to basically close on this home at 50 grand more, what did they do? They had a family member give them money to uh, come up with the difference and basically qualify to buy this house. And the husband had to take money out of his retirement fund. And if anybody knows about that and how that goes, you're gonna pay a 10% penalty for early withdrawals on your 401k. So these guys stretched every single limit in dollar they could and took money from family in order to make this transaction happen. And the biggest problem with people doing things like this is that they basically sacrifice part of their financial future to be able to buy this home. And we know, statistically speaking, people move roughly every seven years. So they made all these giant sacrifices to buy this house that likely they're probably not gonna stay in more than seven years. And this is why so many people don't have the financial IQ to actually even be transacting in real estate. And I'm not trying to be mean here, guys. I'm just trying to give it to you straight like I always do. You know, a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, I'm never gonna be able to afford to, to buy anything. Everything's so expensive. People are gonna be renting for life. Well, guess what, guys? Some people should be renters for life because they just don't have uh, the knowledge to make a good real estate deal. And think about this, they had to pay almost 50 grand over asking and that's not even a lot compared to what you've seen other transactions close for across the country some people have paid 100 150 200k over asking price no problem and if those people are statistics and they move every seven years in seven years from now are they going to be able to get that money back my guess is probably not because we're only at the beginning right now of the market turning around and since nobody knows how much it's gonna turn, it's anyone's guess, uh, they could be in big trouble. Now there's a chance they could come out the other end in seven years and be ahead. Good for them, you know, but that's a big risk to take is my point. People say buying real estate is the biggest transaction most people ever make in their whole life. And it's true, it is. So then why would you take basically the biggest risk ever on the biggest transaction ever? I mean, this to me is equivalent to taking a good chunk of your life savings and walking into your local casino and putting it all on red, okay? How stupid is that? I'm just saying this as a longtime real estate agent, somebody who's helped many people buy and sell properties, as also someone who owns real estate, I would never do a deal like this. And you know, if you are somebody who's done something like this or you know someone who's done something like this, just ask yourself, would my grandparents have done this? Would my parents have done this? Did they go that far above and beyond and take the, these type of massive risks that buyers have taken in the past six months to get into a home? My guess is probably not. They didn't take anywhere near this type of risk to get something. Now you're gonna have people say, oh, Michael, it's different now. The supply is extremely low. You know, people need a place to live. You know, they gotta do what they gotta do to get a home. Okay. Well, if you think that, you know, gambling away your future is the, uh, the best move to get yourself a home rather than just rent for a year and wait this out a little bit longer, then hey, more power to you. But I just disagree with that. I think 
If you're going to be making the biggest purchase of your lifetime, then you better hold your horses a little bit and be way more careful than what these people have been doing. And I'm going to add an extra example to that, guys. I was talking to my best friend on the phone last night, and he used to work for the Chrysler plant back in Belvedere, Illinois, where, I, where we both grew up. And he knows a guy that worked there with him that got a transfer to a different Chrysler plant over in Michigan, I think. Now this guy also is another one that's perfect for this story. He got approved for a loan up to like 225,000, something like that. And he goes over to Michigan and he puts in an offer on this house for like 230, so already a little over his budget, right? Instead of below. And on top of that, every single house in the neighborhood that he offered on is selling around 180,000. But this guy thought it was a good idea to go and buy the house that cost 230,000. Now there's a great saying in real estate is to buy the crappiest house in the nicest neighborhood. It doesn't work the other way around, guys. When you buy the nicest house in the crappiest neighborhood, you're setting yourself up for disaster, just like this guy is doing right now. And the worst thing is, if he loses his job, he's done with Chrysler. He can't get a transfer to any other Chrysler plant in the country. He's finished. And his whole income is depending on paying for this house. So Chrysler's very on and off. My friend was laid off a couple of times when he was working there. And if this happens to this guy, he's finished. He's not gonna be able to pay for his mortgage and he's gonna go into foreclosure. We have a huge waterfront mansion here for sale. I wanna say this one was not here last time we walked down this way because I am walking the same street that I walked before. This is uh, North Bay Road in Miami Beach. So I'm taking pretty much the same path that I did uh, the last time I was over this way in order to kind of retrace my steps and see how any of these listings have changed. And I'm pretty sure that one's new. Now the next reason why people shouldn't own real estate is because they play games with their home equity. We already talked about in the last video uh, how my mortgage guy told me that literally half of his business right now are HELOC loans and um, home equity loans and the reason people are taking this money is just because they can right now and don't have any real plan on how to pay this back and you know maybe not even realizing how much their payments might go up nothing like that they don't care they just want the money because it's available now and you know now that everything is up inflation is up things cost more they're just taking the money and worrying about the payments later okay and I wanted to give a brief overview in today's video of how a home equity line of credit works okay because I've had some of you ask me in the comments since I mentioned this should I do this and most of the time the answer is no but let me tell you how this works so right now the average interest rate for a 10-year home equity line of credit is around five and a half percent and if you want a 20-year home equity line of credit it's 7.3 percent and basically how this works is it's kind of like having an extra checking account, but it's attached to your house. They'll give you up to 85% of the available equity. So say if you have $100,000 available in equity in your house, they'll give you an account that you can draw on worth $85,000. So you're like, oh, I'm rich now. I have an extra 85 grand that I can spend on whatever I want. And you can take money out. And when you repay the money, it's back in there as like available funds to withdraw. And you might say, hey, what's wrong with that, Michael? I have extra money to spend on things. Times are tough. Well, the problem with that, guys, those interest rates I told you are already scary high, five and a half to seven and a half percent, depending on the terms you go for. 
Well, guess what? Here's the kicker. Home equity lines of credit come with variable interest rates, just like ARM loans, almost all the time. There are rare instances where you can get a fixed one, but most of the time, that's not the case. And as interest rates are going up, so is your home equity line of credit payment. And since these type of loans use your house as collateral, if you default on the loan, they're gonna take your house. It's that simple, guys. And this is why I say nobody should be doing this right now, unless you absolutely need the money or if you have a really good investment plan of what to do with that money. Say if you can get 100,000 in equity and you found a sweet you know, rental deal that you can invest in and buy another property as an investment and you're gonna cash flow nicely from it, sure, that's the perfect situation to take equity out of a home because now that payment is gonna be paying for itself through your investment. But that's almost never the case for people who are doing this. They're just using it as an extra bank account and living rich like there's no tomorrow, okay? And this is why the majority of people out there just don't have what it takes to own a property, guys. Now, obviously it's a free country, everybody can buy one, but most people are gonna abuse it and get into this situation like this and be to the point where they end up losing their home or get so far underwater when they sell it, they're actually gonna have negative equity and owe money at the closing. It's an empty lot here for sale. Right on the bay. I should be able to stick my camera up there so you guys can see. That's the place. I can't even see it. You guys can see it. It's too high the fence. Let's see how much this place is. Here's another one for sale. Waterfront property. Big empty lot. Check this place out, guys. Ready for a massive estate. To be built. Now once again guys, price cuts. This is another thing that's happening in more and more markets across the country and you can say yes this isn't happening in my market, you know listings and inventory still tight. That might be the case, guys. I've said this a million times already, and this is not happening everywhere. But there are some really tight markets right now facing some very steep price cuts, okay? And I'm gonna go over them right now again in this video. So the top markets right now that are seeing price cuts are Boise, Idaho, Denver, Colorado, Salt Lake City, Tacoma, Washington, Grand Rapids, Michigan, Sacramento, California, Seattle, Washington, Portland, Oregon, Tampa, Florida, and Indianapolis, Indiana, okay? These are the markets that have the most price cuts. You're talking, these listings there in these areas have anywhere between 61% of the listings to 44% of them have price cuts right now. Now that is huge. That's more than half in some cases, okay? Now not every market's gonna look like that, and we know that those markets were the most overheated and got bit up the most during the pandemic. So it only makes sense that those places come down the fastest as well. And that's what we're seeing happen. So all you need to do is look at your market that you live in and just look, hey, how much have prices gone up here in the past couple of years? You know, was it by 10%, 15, 20, 40, whatever that number might be, however high those prices went up in your market, then this is a very good indicator of how much you might see prices come down as these price cuts start hitting the market, guys, because this is just the beginning 
of these price cuts, all right? Real estate moves very slow. And we're gonna see many more markets across the country as inventory builds and as sellers start to panic with price cuts. Because like we see, some of these listings here, people just list them, they're not selling. So how are they gonna get them sold or rented? They're gonna have to reduce the price, okay? And this is important to know out there, whether you're a buyer or a seller, because it gives both of you a reality check. If you're a seller, then you better list at the right price from the beginning. That way you get rid of that listing very quickly, as the longer it sits on the market, the less chance you're gonna have at getting the price you want. That's the first thing. If you're a buyer and you're in one of these markets where you're seeing all these price cuts happening, you think waiting another few months is probably a good idea? I think so. Okay, everybody's pointing out the fact that, well, even though inventory's up and price cuts are up, you know, the median sold price is higher than ever on homes. Yeah, that's true. But why is that, guys? That's only because the homes that have been closing, you know, recently, they went under contract two, three months ago because real estate takes a long time to close. And also buyers back then were still getting really good rates you know below four percent in a lot of cases or in the low fours and it still made a lot of sense for those people to buy at those prices but as the rates have been skyrocketing like we've been seeing it makes less and less sense to buy especially at those prices so keep watching as the year goes on we're going to see that median sold price either level off or start to drop because people can no longer pay those prices at these rates. That's a fact. We've already gone over that in previous videos. It's just math, guys. It doesn't work for most people. So we've reached it. This is the end. The only place prices have to go right now is down, except for in very specialized markets where demand is insatiable and people just have all the money in the world, kind of like here, you know, but this is not the normal. I realize that. Now, one thing a lot of buyers are probably gonna be looking into since buying an actual single family home is so difficult right now is a lot of buyers might turn to townhouses and condos which i think is a great thing it's better to own your own place than to pay rent especially if the rental prices in your area are higher than the cost to own and you can get into you know a small condo or townhouse instead but here's the kicker guys ever since last year when we had that condo collapse right down the street from me here in surfside florida now if you're getting conventional financing and Fannie Mae is going to be the purchaser of your loan, there's a special condo questionnaire that needs to be filled out now in order for Fannie Mae to accept your loan. And it's causing huge problems right now with closing condo sales right now because a lot of condo associations are refusing to fill out this questionnaire for fear of liability, okay? They don't want to be saying there's problems with the building and then later on something like the tragedy happens and people there basically say they knew about it and they're gonna be responsible, okay? And basically the board members and property managers that are tasked with filling out these condo questionnaires are saying that these questions are very vague and difficult to answer and they actually named a couple of these questions here so I can give you an example. So one of the questions is, uh, if the condo board is aware of any deficiency in the structure of the building, Okay, so if they're gonna answer that, first of all, they're saying, yeah, we got problems here, there's cracks in the foundation, blah, 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 you know? Why would anybody want to admit to that, first of all? And the second thing is, not only does that place the liability on them, but that type of question is better answered by a structural engineer who should be the one answering these questions, you know? So basically, 
All these condos, they need to be checked out by a structural engineer to even actually answer these questions accurately. And the very next question on this list is, is it anticipated the project will in the future have such violations? These management companies who run the condo associations or if it's a self-run board are not answering these questions because of liability, like I said. And honestly, a lot of times, maybe they just don't know the answer because, you know, you got to think about this from the point of view of a board member. These guys are volunteers, okay? They don't get paid to run the condo association. And even though management companies get paid, this is outside the scope of their work. And how are they supposed to know if the building has any real problems? And so if you're trying to buy a condo in the near future, especially here in Florida, but this is a problem that's happening all over the country now, guys, because this is a Fannie Mae questionnaire. So this applies nationwide to any condo now. So keep this in mind that it could make closing much more difficult if you're going with a standard conventional loan. And so far, the only workaround to this that's been found is one of the underwriters for the loan companies said that they will take in exchange for that questionnaire the last six months of the minutes from the condo board meetings to scan through there and see if there's any sort of mention of, you know, building or structural issues that could be related to the building. So that's really the only workaround for now. But once again, the government is making it more difficult to buy a house, in this case a condo, and this article actually mentioned a townhouse that these people were trying to buy. But even though it's a townhouse, under the legal description, it's a condo, so technically they still had to go through this whole questionnaire process. And long story short, they almost lost out on getting the property because of this whole debacle. And they ended up getting it, but not without you know, a long, hard road ahead of them jumping through hoops to get all this done. I haven't had to face this yet as a real estate agent. And most of the sales that I've done here have been condos over single family homes because that's mostly what we have here in Miami Beach. And this is gonna make things difficult, guys. I'm not gonna lie. So if I end up facing this on my own and have an experience with this, of course, I'll share it with you guys in the future. If you guys enjoyed this video, please make sure to subscribe to the channel and check out my next video on the screen right over here. And I'll see you over in the next one.